Good evening, and welcome to our Sunday evening service. This week, we're starting a new series focusing on the various seasons that we all face in life. And tonight, I'm going to talk to you about a season that most of us don't like. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to gather together in your name. We thank you for your goodness toward us, Lord Jesus. Lord, we ask that you would be in our midst tonight, that you would open our hearts and our minds to your word, that you would help us, God, uh, with the topic that we're going to be addressing tonight. Lord, we want to be in your will, Lord Jesus. Help us, O oh God, to be victorious, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, God, that you're with us tonight. Be in our midst, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So tonight, I'm going to talk to you about a season that is critical to our walk with God. And when not done, well, it's been the downfall of many. But when it has been done, maybe I'll add in the word right, oh, it has brought great victory to many a saint. So I want to talk to you about waiting. Ugh. How many of you kind of cringe when I said that? Did she say waiting? Yes, waiting. The psalmist in Psalm 24, uh, I'm sorry, Psalm 27 verse 14 wrote, Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Isaiah 40 and 31 says, But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles, and they will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. And some of you say, hey, something's missing there. That's because we're used to hearing that, bird, that verse in the KJV. In the KJV, it reads, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So notice in the NLT, the word wait was translated trust. And that is a key word to hold on to as we get into the word of God tonight. So when I hear these verses, I get all stirred up inside. Yes, wait upon the Lord. We like to sing all kinds of songs about waiting and, and, and all those things. But in actuality, waiting is hard. Waiting is hard, even if you're not necessarily a patient person. For most of us, waiting is not easy. So if you're like me, waiting may be a challenge for you. So there's many verses I could bring to you tonight. Many. If you just do a search, use the word wait, and you just do a search in your Bible uh, app or, um, you know, what you will find there's tons and tons of verses that talk about waiting in some shape, uh, form, or fashion. But tonight, I felt to bring to you a story, the story of Lazarus, to encourage and prepare you for your next season of waiting. It will surely come. So I'm going to jump into John 11, and we're going to kind of dissect this story um, as I go along tonight. So John 11, the story of Lazarus, really popular story, but let's, let's slow down. There's some, there's a good backstory in this, which is why I think it's a good um, story to talk about, to talk about waiting, kind of gives us what's going on behind the scene. So John 11 says, a man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. 
her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. Now, I tell you what, you talk about having an asset to have Jesus as your friend when you are facing a major crisis in life. I'm sure they felt comforted. Lazarus is sick. No problem. You know, Jesus is our friend. Somebody, somebody send and get Jesus. He'll take care of it. You ever felt like that? You, 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 uh, as a saint of God, you face certain circumstances and you know, you belong to God and you know, all the promises in his word. And you say, you know what, for me, it's going to be different because I belong to him and I'm just going to send for him. I'm going to send a prayer up or I'm going to call my prayer group and we're going to, we're going to, uh, Send word to Jesus about what it is we're struggling with, and it's all going to be well. Well, let's see what happened. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God, so that the Son of Man will receive glory from this. Now, mind you, Jesus is somewhere else. Mary and Martha, they're in Bethany. Someone ran, I imagine him running, and they relayed the message from the sisters that your friend is sick. So Jesus was either thinking to himself or perhaps he was talking to the apostles. He was not talking to Mary and Martha is the point I want to make when he made this statement. You know, it's almost as if he kicked back and said, eh, it'd be all right. He had a plan. The reason I picked this uh, lesson tonight, I felt led, should I say, to, to bring this lesson tonight is because here we have the backstory. God had a plan in motion. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. He already knew it happened. He knew it why it happened. It was very much part of his plan. God was in control. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. This story, as I read it, I'm just imagining Jesus sort of kicking back where he was and going, you know, I'm going to just let the clock tick. I'm going to let some time pass. And when I get good and ready, I'll go check on my boy Lazarus. But the disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? Jesus replied, There are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is danger, a stumbling because they have no light. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. Now, I'm just imagining this is two days later. Mary and Martha sent word. Perhaps the person that they sent to tell Jesus what was happening with Lazarus had come back and said, hey, I told him, you know, we don't know. It doesn't say that. But can you imagine sending for your friend who had the power to heal, who has the power to raise up? And, you know, obviously they weren't thinking about that. And, and he didn't respond. And two whole days have passed. You know, when you are waiting, especially when you're talking about life, life and death situations, when you are waiting in, waiting in critical situations, it is the time staying still. That two days probably felt like a week to them, but it's been a long time. I'm sure they were thinking, you know, where, where is Jesus? 
did you really tell him? Did he understand what you said? I could just imagine that the sisters, you know, if anything like me, they probably were just losing it, right? Are you kidding me? That's if he came. Did you tell him what was going on? But there was, I'm sure behind the scene, some agony going on in this waiting. Maybe, especially if the messenger had come back and said, oh yeah, I told him. And they go, what's the deal? Why isn't he here? Meanwhile, Jesus is kicking back with his boys and, you know, just letting the clock run down. Hmm. He knew, however, that he was in control and that all would be well. So in verse 12, it says, the disciples said, Lord, if he is sleeping, he will soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus has died. Again, here's this story where we have those of us who have limited knowledge, meaning the humans, and God himself who has all knowledge. Jesus is not sweating this whatsoever. The humans in this story, or should, should I say uh, the 100% humans, Jesus was, we know that he's God. They were struggling. God was cool, calm, and collected. It's always within his hands. Verse 14 says, so he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now you will really believe. Come on, let's go. Jesus had a plan here. I'm going to get some glory today. God is going to get some glory today. I'm, I'm being quiet because, you know, I will get to the end of the story before I even uh, want to get there. So verse 16 says, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go too and die with Jesus. Hmm? Okay, verse 17, when Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days, four whole days. So not only had he died, but he was in the grave four whole days. I'm pretty sure the sisters had given up hope at this point. Four days is a wrap. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem. And many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she ran to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. I imagine Mary having a little toot. You know, you go, oh, I ain't running to meet him. He going to take his time getting here. I sent for him, you know, six days ago, however long it was. And, and you know, he just going to take his time coming. You know, I, I don't know if that's fact, but I just imagine Martha just having a, having a bit of a toot here. So she ran down the road to meet him. Uh, let me see what I lose over here. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been there, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, the teacher is here 
and he wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Maybe I better edit my thoughts about Mary. Right? It seems that she didn't know that he was actually in town. So verse 30 says, and Jesus stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep. So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. How many of you have thought that in your life? You have faced some critical situation and it seemed like Jesus was moving too slow. Even at this, you know, he's outside of the village. He seems to be on a different type of time as the young people say. And, and, and Mary is all, you know, disillusioned here. I mean, if only you had been here. Don't you know I was waiting and you didn't respond? And when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Now remember, there's a backstory going on. Early in the story, when Jesus told the disciples that he was going back to Judea, they said to him, wait a minute. We just got run out of there, right? Don't you remember they were trying to kill you? And Jesus says, God's going to get some glory out of this situation. So these people in this town were obviously, or should I say at least a good number of them, were not believers. They were having a problem with Jesus. Jesus strolled right back in there on a mission. Again, remember... God is always on a mission. You know, he can walk and chew gum at the same time. He can deal with your problem and he can bring some souls to him all at the same time. So he's a master at working his plan. And so though the characters in this story, Mary and Martha were dealing with a certain issue and the people of Judea had a certain issue. The disciples had their opinion about how things were going. But God was in control the whole time. So we're talking about these seasons in life. And here, Mary and Martha was, were, were dealing with, uh, you can call it a season of sickness and death for their loved one. And they didn't understand the backstory. We get the beautiful, beautiful benefit of having the word of God at our fingertips that gives us the backstory. I want you to hold on to this. I said it to you at, at the outset that I want this story to encourage you that when you face your future season of whatever that may be, that season of waiting, uh, when, you, when you're facing a number of scenarios, you can know that if you are a saint of God, if you are his child, God is working it out for you. He didn't always, Mary and Martha didn't know what he had said to the disciples or to himself. God is like that. He didn't always tell us the whole story. You know, wouldn't it be nice when you're going through, when, you, when you're praying and you're asking God uh, to move on a certain situation that he would say to you, you know what? In three weeks, I'm going to come through and I'm going to take care of that situation. Wouldn't you just love to have a timeline? Or, you know, just, just hang on. This is how things are going to pan out. Most often he doesn't. Sometimes he just goes silent. Right? You might even call that another season. There's seasons in our lives where we just have absolute silence from God. 
we are petitioning and petitioning and petitioning and we're talking and talking and talking. It seems like we're having a one-way conversation. You know, we don't get a word from the preach word. We, we can't get a word directly from him. There's that time of silence when it's just absolutely agonizing. You know, there's those, those times in our lives where we don't feel him per se. Um, that, that I'll call it maybe even a dry season where you just go, God, where are you? Where are you? And that's probably more difficult for us, for us perhaps, than even Mary and Martha. Um, you know, they had the physical, they had God in the flesh with them. None of us have ever seen them. We have to sense them with our spirit. And, and so um, it may be even more difficult for us. You know, we, he's not in the next town, if you will. You know, we don't know where he is, where we can send word to a, to a physical God and, 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 and tell him about what's going on with us. So oftentimes we're just left in this sort of, um, you know, middle place, not, not, not knowing where he heard us. But that's when that word comes in, when it says trust in the Lord. God is faithful to his word. He says that he hears our faintest cry. When we make our petitions to him, God hears us. We have to trust in that. This, this is a faith walk that we are on. And so here God had a plan all along. He was going to use this sickness and this death of Lazarus to get some glory. Now, most of us, we do want God to get the glory. I don't know about you, but I want my whole life to be a testimony into the power uh, of Jesus Christ. Do I want to suffer? In order for him to get that, quite honestly, no. <laughs> I'm just being very candid with you tonight. But you got to go through something to have a testimony. That's what makes our testimony so powerful. So I'm, I'm still talking about waiting here, right? I realize I'm, I'm throwing a lot of other things uh, in this um, in this talk tonight. But this this waiting, we have to be confident that our God is in control. He knows what we need. He knows when we need it. We know how we need it. He's got it all in control. And that we have to learn to trust and be still when we are in that season of waiting that seems like an eternity. God will come through. No, he may not come through the way we want him to. Mary and Martha would have preferred that Jesus would have got there and Lazarus had never died. But he came through and he worked things out in a way that he knew was best for all. Lazarus lived, God got the glory, and let me read you the end of the story here. I'm going to backtrack this a little bit. So they told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him? But some said, this man healed the blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone away, Jesus told them. Yeah, the scripture said he was angry. That's why I said it that way. When you're angry, you don't say, roll the stone away. Will somebody please come up and roll the stone away? No, you say, roll that stone away. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested. Lord, he's been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. But Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe that you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. 
and the dead man came out, hands and feet bound in grave clothes, clothes, his face wrapped in a head cloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Now you tell me God get, didn't get the glory that day. How many of you have seen that somebody dead raised up again? God was working it out. And no, your problem might not be death, and your problem might not even be sickness, but there are things in life that you are going through and you just can't see how God's going to work them out at all. To, to you, he's, he's moving like a snail. You're, not, you're questioning whether he even heard you. Did you even hear me, God? And God's saying, I got this. Keep waiting. There are many stories in the Bible where people blew this waiting thing. Right? Think about Abraham and Hagar. Abraham blew it, he and Sarah. They had their own plans for how God was going to work what God had promised them in their lives. And they took matters into their own hands. There's several stories in the, in the word of God where people did not wait. People resorted to their own uh, measures. They did their own thing. They thought they were going to figure out for God how God was going to do things. And so I'm encouraging you tonight to wait. The end of that story with Lazarus says that many other people who were with Mary believed in Jesus and they saw this happen. So this same city that was trying to kill, the same place where the, where the uh, people they were trying to kill Jesus and ran them out, going to the disciples, now many of those same people believed and came to God. And so we got to trust God. I'm just, I'm, I'm harping on that part because I want you to see how many different ways God can work in one situation. Your situation, maybe you're going through what you're going through because God is uh, working out of the salvation of some of your relatives, some of your neighbors, some of your community. We don't know what he's doing, but you can trust that God has heard your prayer. You can trust that God is working out. His word says so, that all things work together for good. And so we have to Really, you know, hone the skill, for lack of a better word, of waiting. Wait patiently. I'll, I'll go back to Psalm, the end of Psalm 27, 14, where David says again, wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Wait patiently because you know God has got you. Wait patiently because he's working it out for your good. Wait patiently. Let me tell you, David was the one who can say it. David had lived a lot of all kinds of ups and downs. You talk about seasons. David, you know, he lived in seasons of honor and victory. Uh, he lived this in-between season. He wasn't a shepherd boy, yet he wasn't king yet. You know, you know, talk about these weird seasons in life. Season, he, seasons where he was a failure uh, and, he, and, he, and he suffered great loss. There were seasons where he endured heartbreak and great joy. David could pin those words because he found them to be true. If you wait patiently on God, God will work it out. So I want to encourage you tonight, if you're in this season of waiting, if you're in a season of silence, God, say something. If you're in this season where you perhaps you haven't felt his presence, you feel abandoned, you feel isolated, trust in the Lord. He will indeed renew your strength. He will indeed come through for you. Our God is faithful. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Oh, God, for the encouragement of your word tonight. Lord, we know that you are always working on our behalf. 
Help us, O oh God, to walk in faith, uh, to wait patiently, God, for you to do the work that you desire to do, not only in our lives, but in the lives of our community and those around us. Oh God, help us, O oh God, not to take matters into our own hands, Lord Jesus, but in those seasons where you seem so far from us, that we can trust and know that you are near, that you are always with us. Help us, oh God, to wait patiently for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so, so much. Good night and be blessed.